Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about E3 this year. 2023. Did you forget what year it was? Yep. Yeah, for a hot second. We're still within that range. But, you know, I, then I figured it out. But yeah, so, so we're talking about E3, Chris. Is it is it alive? Is it is it not? I don't know. We'll find out. It's, it's alive, but it might not be good anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. No one, no one may want to to like go. Uh, they've been selling tickets, right? Like they've been like they had like uh, uh, tickets for for the public that or or have those even opened up yet? I don't know. Or, oh man, I have no idea. That's a good. Good question. I'll look at. I'll look it up. I'll see if I can. I'll see yeah. if I can. I can find out if you can buy tickets to go to E3 at this point. Um, so we'll, we're going to talk about that a little later. We also have some news about the Nintendo Direct. But first, uh, John, what have you been up to this week? Man, so this week I haven't been up to a ton. I've been playing uh, some some like my Switch games. Like I'm playing the Fire Emblem uh, Engage. But the one thing I did do that was brand new. Um, I played a, a little bit of a little indie game that came out last year, but was now free or I guess like part of your uh, PlayStation Plus membership. It's not part of the subscription service that is the Game Pass type thing. It's just like one of the game monthly free games. Um, and it's called Ali Ali World. And um, it is a skateboarding game. And the cool thing about this one, so there's there's Ali Ali 1, Ali Ali 2, which were basically like really hard kind of platformers where it's like, okay, well, you do tricks and things like that to to um, on levels. And then after that level, you go to the next level and you, you know, it's like a kind of like a progression of star system where you unlock more levels based on stars and things like that. And so the more challenges you do in each each level you progress forward. I may have talked about it on the podcast uh, before, but um, anyway, Ali Ali world is different than that. It is uh, really like, it's like an open map and you explore and you meet characters along the way and they give you side quests. And it's just, a, the scope is like really broad on it. Um, and it's really chill. The music is really fun. And then like doing tricks is not punishing. Like it's not like, it's not hard. It's just like, you're just riding some rails, jumping off some ramps and you know, it feels very, very relaxed and very, very fun. Um, I'm I'm excited to play more of it. Um, this is one of those games that was like on my radar last year, but I never played it last year. So being able to play it now, as part of PlayStation Plus, is very fun. So Ali Ali World is what I've been up to this week. Um, nice. That's the, that's the new thing. Everything else ever I've talked about before. Apex Legends just started a new season. Marvel Slaps just started a new season. So um, you know, just all the all the the other things that uh, that I just kind of do. What have you been up to this week? Um, so the main thing is I'm up to. Um, I've been playing. Um, I'm trying to find the actual name because I'm I'm not sh I'm unsure of it right now. But I'm having trouble finding the game. Uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed, I think is what, yes. it's, what it's called. It's on Game Pass right now. Yes, so just started, added recently, right? Yeah, just yeah, like in the past like week or so or something like that. Um, started playing through that. Um, it's 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 been pretty good. Like it's a you know more of an arcadey racer. Um, it's actually pretty challenging, like uh, to get first place on a lot of these tracks, just because the tracks are so crazy. And there's some really cool, like 
different mechanics for tracks. Like, you know, sometimes you'll launch into the air and then you have to turn your car like you can you can control like the pitch and the yaw whenever you're in the air. Um, and so you have to flip your car upside down so then it can hit the the next track piece of track uh, correctly. Chris, and that's giving me that's giving me San Francisco rush to uh, 2049 rush. Um, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Vibes. Like, yeah, like, I mean, yes, it's very like mechanics kind of like that. Um, it, it's a little more, I would say even more arcadey than that. Like, okay. I feel like the physics in that uh, felt pretty good. Like this, this feels more, honestly, the physics feel more like a kart racer. Oh, um, okay. And there are like, there are things on the track, like um, obstacles or, or swinging things that knock you off the track like a cart mm. racer. Mm-hmm. It's basically mm-hmm. a cart racer without the carts. It's a cart but, racer, but with Hot Wheels cars instead. But with Hot Wheels cars, yeah. Now, okay, so something I have been somewhat like interested in, but also like apprehensive about with the uh, with this game, is the mechanic of like collecting cars. It's like it's a random drop, isn't it? Um, uh, kind of like they're um. So if you if you play with Game Pass, uh, it comes with like several of the expansions already. If not, I, I try to. It doesn't like say you you have them whenever you look in the store, so it's kind of confusing. I need to look in, at the install and see what it actually all like installed. Um, okay. But like, there's a Batman expansion. I had all those cars. What? All those tracks were unlocked. There's a Looney Tunes expansion. I had all of those cars. Oh, man, those tracks so were unlocked. Cool. So like, I, it, it feels like. And then there were a ton of like free cars that you get with Game Pass. Like there are, and then so there were a ton of free cars. Like I, I literally like I, I opened up this game, started it up, went to the store, downloaded all the free cars, and like I probably <laughs> have fifty something cars oh already. My. So oh like my. you're you're not you're not hurting for cars. Yeah. There okay. are also like yes, there are these blind boxes that you open, and it will give you a random car. Um, which is cool. You can take those cars if you get like an uncommon car, which is like the lowest level. You can actually upgrade each car to be like a uh, like a higher level. That being said, I haven't figured out how to cool. do that yet because it takes a different kind of currency, and I haven't figured out how you earn that currency. Interesting. Uh, but you can also like so for every race you complete, you get a currency, and um, and you can either use that currency to um, unlock uh, new cars that are actually in the store, so like you know you can see what they are um, and know what they are beforehand. So like there was this there was this car that I actually already had. I'd I'd gotten it from one of the like drops um, when I started the game. They had a fully upgraded one in the store for like five hundred whatever this currency is, oh, and um, and so which is like it's about you you get about five hundred per race if you okay. get coming first. So it's not like it wasn't hard to get. Yeah. So yeah. I, I used it to buy the fully upgraded version of the car because I liked it. So it's like, okay. That's cool. And then, That's cool. And then what like, kind of car, which car was it, Chris? Because I know they I have honestly, some like really. I couldn't tell you. Classic, like they have a bunch of really classic like Hot Wheels cars in there. Yeah, I can't really tell. I actually went for, I, I was using it and then I'm like, I, I, it was hard to run, win races and it was a fast car, but like the handling wasn't there. 
um, in the way mm. I needed it to be because like because this is more once I figured out that oh this is more like a kart racer handling is honestly more important than anything else like oh hundred percent yeah and, yeah uh, yeah and because uh, you well, have like, to make some real time oh and here's the other thing like because another one of the ways that you earn boost is by drifting. And kind of like that was what was it? Sonic Drift was like that. Yeah, so Sonic Drift was like that. So was uh, I mean, basically every kart racer is like that. Um, oh, like okay, Mario Kart remember. is like that. So like, in there are different degrees where it's like, okay, if you do a mild one, mild mild uh, drift, you get a mild boost. But if you do a like a really long drift, you get a really big boost. You know what I mean? So, but that's that's kind of a staple via Mario Kart, I guess. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so. Uh, you can also use that currency to buy tracks. So anything that's in the in the normal like comes with the game packs. From what I can tell, like the Batman tracks are all unlocked, the Looney Tunes tracks are all unlocked, but all the other tracks, as you race through each like location, and it's places like your basement, your garage, your ugh, kitchen. Um, you have to unlock each track with that same currency that you can also buy cars with. Cool. That's exciting. Like I, uh, I'm excited to dive into this and, and play. And I'm also excited that there's a lot of content like off the bat, like where it's like a lot of cars, a lot of choice. Um, cause like whenever initially launched, I don't think they had like any of the additional like licensed packs and things like that. It was all just like the random drops and that I was like, mm, that's the one thing at the time where I was like, I don't know. We got Forza coming out like literally in a couple weeks. So I'm just going to hold off. And so I held off and, you know, never went back to it. Um, but it's been on uh, PlayStation Plus for a really long time. I've literally had it downloaded to my PS5, just haven't opened it. And so sounds like the Xbox version, though, is probably the version to do. Plus, I prefer um, that controller anyway. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm into trying it, dude. The... Uh, the thing I, I've been curious about, are there power-ups? Like, you know how, like, Mario Kart, there's, like, power-ups, and a lot of, like, racers, there's, like, weapons, and, like, is there, are there, like, you know, can you, can you, like, fire rockets or anything like that in this thing? No, not out of your, out of your car. Like, there, and, and there aren't, there aren't any, like, offensive or defensive, like, weapons like okay. that. There are, like, boosts and, like, areas of the track that are, like, advantageous to hit, but um, there aren't, or not hit, <laughs> mm. but, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing that you can, like, equip on your car that will like help you help you win other than just like accumulating boost there's like the there's like you're saying that there's like a walking sidewalk like in the airports or whatever where if you get on one it's like oh no now you're going slow and if you yeah. get on the other one it's like it sends you yeah there's like faster. different areas that like will help you gain boost there's different areas that will actually like make you have unlimited boost for a second um Interesting. Those, are the, those are the main ones and then there's obviously like the magnetic tracks and yeah um like I'm trying to think just like the loops and stuff like that. Just so you can go like upside down stuff. on the roof of the, the, the room. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's like, you know, that, that feels very much like a kind of like split the difference between like a, an, a you know, arcade racer and a like Mario Kart, um, like a kart racer. So that's, that's a, that's a really cool, interesting place for it to fall. Um, I'm very into it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out, man. That's great. Yeah, dude. Uh, later we're going to talk about some uh, E3, but I think we have some news. The news! All right, John, hit us with the news. So this week we had, in addition to kind of like the E3 kind of news stuff, we got some a, a Nintendo Direct, 
and the Nintendo, I watched the whole thing. It was really bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was way bigger than I expected, um, which sometimes happens with like Nintendo directs. Um, and so we're going to hit some of the, some of the big ones, some of the stuff that like I, as we've talked about before, like I'm not going to mention the things that, that, it, that we don't have anything to say about. Um, so if you want like an extensive, exhaustive kind of a thing, um, then maybe, you know, you know, look, look up like the videos or like whatever, but we're going to hit the things that we love that we're excited about. Um, the first of which being the big one, Zelda tears of the kingdom got a new gameplay trailer, got a collector's edition announced and got a, uh, an amiibo like a little figure of Link from the game um, that they announced. In addition to some negative news uh, about the game, and that is that it is going to be $70. What what price were Switch games before? <laughs> 60 bucks. I mean, this is the surprise. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because these are the prices that we're paying for Xbox Series X and PS5 games. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just like, and I, I am right there with you where I'm like, okay, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that we're hiking the price. I usually console manufacturers like wait for a generation to happen to up the price. Like that's why we see the $70 price tag on the series X games and the PS five games. Um, and even some of those you can kind of like, uh, if you, cause like the Xbox games, if you buy the Xbox one version of a lot of games, they have a free upgrade, like because of the whole uh, what was it called the the smart delivery system. Um, it will like upgrade it to the PS like or to the Xbox Series version, so the 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 most high quality graphics and things like that. Um, and so like you could kind of like fake it sometimes with a lot of games where it's like oh you buy the cheaper last gen version and then have they have a free upgrade to the the current gen version, and you can just use that to get your sixty dollar games new. But Nintendo. There's no like new console announced for this. Like there's, you know, there's not like the Switch is like what the like is I think the the fourth best selling console of all time at this point behind the DS and uh, I think it's surpassed the PS4 at this point. Um, but yeah, like they've they've upped the price because that's just what premium games cost in 2023, I suppose. <laughs> you know, and the the drama was that the day before this Nintendo Direct, uh, all retailers started like so nintendo like listed a, a digital like on their website on their eShop. they listed temporarily a pre-order for zelda tears of the kingdom and it was at 70 bucks and then so that news got out and everyone like was like oh gamestop they still have their pre-orders at 60 bucks Amazon, they still have the pre-orders at 60 bucks target best buy and then one by one throughout the day before this Nintendo Direct, every one of those retailers took all of their pre-orders offline, and uh, so everyone was like, "Yeah, it's it's." I think Warrior sixty four was like, "It seems unlikely that the seventy dollars price point would be fake at this point, <laughs> because everyone has like removed their pre-orders." Um, and so, yeah, it turns out like the, the following day, whenever they, they show the collector's edition and all this stuff, everybody puts back up their pre-orders at seventy bucks. So anyway. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, I am kind of looking out for this collector's edition. The collector's edition has an art book, a pin set, a poster, a steel book, and the game. Um, and so I'm, 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 I really was happy with my Fire Emblem Engage uh, pre-order set or collector's edition set. 
it has an art book. The art book is fantastic, hardbound, really, really gorgeous printing. Um, that whole package is just a really cool collector's uh, edition of a of a game. And uh, and so I, I would expect this would be the same because both of them are first party Nintendo um, titles. So if I can get my hands on a pre order on the Amazon pre order for the collector's edition, I will will do that. But uh, but it looks looks really cool, man. When does it come out? It comes out in. April? Let me look. Let me confirm so I can tell you exactly. Uh, released on May 12th, 2023. All right. So soon. It's very soon. Uh, the collector's edition is 130 and the uh, the game itself is uh, 70 bucks. So that's the different prices there. Uh, another big one. Um, Metroid Prime Remastered is being released on the Nintendo eShop. It is out now. Like they were like, it's out later today. Um, and it's coming to retail later this month. I think I said retail on February 27th. So, or not 27th, sorry, 22nd. So you'll be able to buy a physical copy of Metroid Prime. Um, this is the first person shooter Metroid game. It was on the GameCube. Um, it's uh, it's a classic, classic game. My, I, I haven't played it. This is like one of those things where I'm like, I am going to get to experience this game for the very first time. Um, I've only like watched people play it. Uh, I've watched someone play it on the GameCube way back in the day before, like you know, before I really even knew what Metroid was um, at the time. So um, Metroid Prime Remastered is available now, and it's only forty bucks. Um, Pikmin 4 has a release date. This is one of those like long rumored uh, sequels to a storied Nintendo franchise that they actually like announced that it was done. I think Miyamoto in an interview with someone back whenever the Wii U was still out mentioned that they were wrapping up development on Pikmin 4. <laughs> one of those like, you know, uh, like the PR person in the room is like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we haven't even announced that one yet. <laughs> and, uh, and so people have been waiting for this to happen. And here it is. It's going to come out on July 21st, 2023. Um, another big announcement was the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games are going to be available on the Nintendo Switch Online. This is the, uh, the, the pool of games that are available uh, with that subscription service. And so these are there's a lot of cool Game Boy games, a lot of cool Game Boy Advance games. I think the Advan Game Boy Advance games are only available if you have the upcharge version of the nintendo online service um which i do not currently but i probably will get it soon because we've been playing some more mario kart and uh you can get all of that um all of the dlc for that game with that uh upcharged uh, uh subscription um but the games that are coming for the game boy uh that are coming to the switch are tetris the classic uh super mario land 2 the legend of zelda Link's awakening dx Gargoyle's Quest, Game & Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Return of Samus, Wario Land 3, and Kirby's Dream Land. And the game's going to be played with filters based on how the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket and the Game Boy Color looked, um, which was actually really cool. Like, whenever they were switching it, I haven't tried it out, but whenever they were switching it on the, uh, the stream, going from, like, the, the different versions of the Game Boy, I was like, oh, man, that is such, like, a cool 
thing because they go from the Game Boy to the Game Boy Color. It just immediately because like if you remember like the Game Boy Color whatever came out was like some games have like color in in them and some of them it just like decodes in weird ways. But it, like all of a sudden it was just like oh man there's a whole other layer to this same game if you have a different piece of hardware, um, which at the time was really cool. And so this kind of like brought sent me back memories of like oh man the Game Boy Color it has color now it looks so cool. Um, but yeah, so that's the, uh, th- those are the games coming with that. The Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Boot Camp uh, release date. It's the second release date that it has had. They, uh, they delayed it right before it was going to be released last year. Um, but it's going to come out on April 21st, 2023. The big thing about this one is, I, you know, Advanced Wars, I love me some, uh, uh, some like, top-down, like, RPG, um, but... With like where it's like, hey, you're moving pieces around on a board, um, but this one's developed by Way Forward, which I really enjoy. Way Forward, they're, they're the uh, developers for the, like the Shantae series. They do a lot of really cool like um, cartoony art styles and things. So I'm I'm excited for uh, Advance Wars One and Two Boot Camp. Um, let's see what else we have. We have new courses for Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, Splatoon Three Advan- Expansion Pass. Um, Scrolling past some stuff here. Aha! Disney's Illusion Island. Uh, it's a platformer with Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Donald um, in kind of the uh, a really like, kind of like that sort of like the new Mickey um, cartoon style, but a little bit a little bit simpler. Um, but it's a new new platformer from Disney. We haven't had one of those in a long time. The uh, Sea of Stars demo, I have downloaded that. It's a RPG, really gorgeous pixel art. Um, Octopath Traveler uh, demo is also available right now, and so both of those demos are now on my Switch. I need to need to play through them. Um, let's see. Dead Cells is getting Castlevania um, DLC, and I think that's about it. Oh, there's a new Professor Layton game. That's the other big one. And Chris. A new Samba de Amigo game. Oh. Do, you, do, you, do you like the the maracas on the uh, the Sega Dreamcast? I always knew we never owned it, but I always wanted to get like those maracas for the Sega Dreamcast to play Samba <laughs> de Amigo. Um, I remember in the Dreamcast magazine, like they had a huge feature on that game, and I was always like, yep. "Yeah, that looks really cool." <laughs> Yep. Um, so new Samba de Amigo, you can use your joy cons as the maracas and, uh, it has over 40 songs, wide range of genres and, uh, coming out later this year or summer 2023. So yeah, summer. And I think that's about it. I'm just scrolling through the last bit. There's some indie stuff there. Yeah, that looks like that. that that's it. That's the uh, the big news that I cared about during the Nintendo uh, Direct. So big, big stuff, small stuff. It was a long Direct. Nice. That's the news. All right, John. So we're going to talk about E3 um, and go through a couple of uh, uh, different things that have happened in the past uh, week, I guess. Yeah, and it happened right after we recorded the podcast last week. <laughs> Yeah. So first, I mean, and we kind of guessed this, I think, real early on. We were real skeptical whenever E3 got, um, like, announced again. Uh, But IGN um, posted an exclusive uh, news article, um, and it's Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony won't be a part of E3 
2023. Um, so I'll just jump to part of this. I won't read this whole thing. Um, um, IGN has heard from multiple knowledgeable sources that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo won't be a part of E3 2023 or have a presence on the Los Angeles Convention Center show floor. Um, and so uh, speaking with IGN last week, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer said the platform holder is timing its showcase with E3 at a moment convenient for press and even consumers at the event, meaning it's likely to roughly align with the event itself, which Microsoft has done that the past couple of years. Um, yeah. It's been around E3, but they still haven't done, they haven't had a presence on on the, the show floor, which makes sense. I mean, just Sony pulled out, you know, like first, and I am, they haven't been back, and they, you know, show no sign of even having a any kind of, like, event around then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They've honestly just been doing these little mini events. They haven't been doing like any kind of big con- press conferences um, the past few years. And, and Nintendo seems to be content doing their Nintendo directs. And so, right. Um, I think they were the last ones to take their stuff off of the like the show floor. Or maybe it was Xbox that was the last people to take it off the show floor. Because like for a while there, Xbox was doing like two different events. They would have like, oh, here's the these games are over here, but then the Mixer booth, whenever Mixer was still a thing. Um, is over at the uh, the actual like convention center. So because like they didn't they wanted their stuff to be open to the public, and so like E3 wasn't open to the public at the time. So basically they put their all of their their demo stations in the like a different uh, space that was open to the public, and then they put the mixer booth over in the actual E3. Um, so yeah, so it. Yeah, we've had like a slow dropping out of of the E3 show floor and like checking out of like even like I think Xbox usually does Sunday before the event like for their big conference, yeah. but I I don't know when they're going to do it this year yet. So right, so kind of like to, to 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 go through some of this. Um, uh, there was so the ESA responded. So I'm gonna this is a different article from IGN. Uh, their message says as you can as you've likely seen IGN published an article last night about E3. While we are not able to comment on the specific claims in the article, we wanted to share our commitment to moving forward with E3. E3 has a rich history within our industry, and we are always heartened to feel the passion for the show and hear what it means to different people. Reviving a trade show after a three-year hiatus and a global pandemic was always going to have its challenges, which is why we conducted an extensive search in consultation with the ESA member companies to identify the best partner to produce E3. In selecting ReadPop as our partner, we've been able to tap into the rich history of hosting popular industry events like PAX and broader consumer shows like Comic-Con. They have made strong progress in reshaping the event and have received tremendous support from industry companies of all sizes who are not only thinking about E3 2023, but how E3 fits into marketing plans for 2024 and beyond. It's important to note that even as the show evolves and adapts, it will not impact the core of ESA's work for its member companies. Our priority remains advocating for your policy interests on the state and federal level. We will share news and developments regarding E3 as they are available. If you have questions in the meantime, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you for your ongoing support. And so they, they kind of alluded to the fact that uh, when we talked about it at the time, uh, the ESA is partnering with ReadPop, um, yeah. who produces packs um, and to, to kind of reshape the event. It's still like, it's. I mean, it's curious to me like that they are i mean i guess it makes sense they're so intent on bringing it back i don't know if it was like a huge 
revenue driver for them. Not saying they yeah. shouldn't. I'm just saying like it's just uh, it seems like they're they're real intent on on bringing E3 back. It's despite you know the absence of the biggest three names in gaming. Yeah, I mean, and that's the weird thing about it to me is that like okay, well, without the the big three being on the show floor, what are people going to go? to this actual event and do like the, it's not like they have well, like I mean, there it depends on like who else is there like is ubisoft yeah. there is like is ea there like uh, or is EA it just usually like a, does their own ea play thing out in the or parking is it a bunch lot. of like is it a bunch of indies well they did that like kind of around the yeah. same time everyone started like divorcing themselves from e3 i right. mean this 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 departure from e3 started happening before the pandemic like yep. that's the i think that's the part that feels a little incongruous to me in, in how they're responding to it, being like, sure. hey, yeah, we're facing these challenges because of the pandemic, and yeah, you're facing challenges because of it, for sure, um, not to discount it, but, like, this was happening before then. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, the, like, we had a lot of, like, Sony had already been like, hey, we're not coming back. Um, then we've had, like, yeah, we've had EA that has, like, kind of, like, been like, hey, we'll throw our own event that for the public at the same time, and I think that this is it's a, such a strange kind of a, a show because it began as retailers going to an event to play games and determine how many of each title they were going to buy as stock to sell in their stores for the next year. And like, so every year, like people would go to this show and be like, okay, well, like I'm going to, you know, oh man, I saw the, the latest. This is real uh, good. I think this is going to sell well. Yeah. And like buy a bazillion copies of this game. Like we're going to stock a lot of this because it's going to be so popular. And that's just not what the show was anymore. And it's definitely not what it is now because like with the way that things are going, like digital, you know, demos are a thing and like you know i guess it became more of a uh a game journalist kind of a an event where it's like hey i'm gonna go and do news stories about these games and hey everybody like i just played the the, the latest call of duty and it's great you know or i just played cyberpunk <laughs> and it's it's real good or whatever um and so like you had like that being the coverage where it was like okay well, this is more of a Hey, a bunch of people go and play this game and then you get the news about those games out. Like that's what it became before it kind of like just well, also, disintegrated like, I mean, completely. Yeah, I mean and it, well and I mean and this was going on for a while, but I I'd, I'd I'd be curious to see when streaming the press conferences started. Like Yeah. It hasn't like has that happened since were they streaming stuff? I guess they were. They were streaming they stuff were. at the beginning of this podcast. So that was like what? Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago almost so and like, i think they've they been were doing it for a were, while they were streaming a lot of things before that even because it like initially a lot of those shows were for stockholders and so they would literally go over like sales numbers and things like that and then also then announce games yeah um and then it just kind of like you dropped all of the stockholder stuff and it morphed into hey this is like this is not an earnings report. This is this is advertisement. Well, I mean, here's and here's games. the thing, and we've talked about this for a while. Like, I mean, I think it, it definitely probably serves the 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 publishers, bigger publishers like Microsoft and Sony, better to just do their own thing, yeah. um, because they can control the narrative. They can control like you know they don't have they don't and they and they've made some mistakes before. Like they don't have to release uh, 
footage of a game that's you know four years from from coming out you know right right like you know they don't really they try not to do that much anymore um and so you know i I think it's so i guess what i'm kind of like driving at is it was going to be an uphill battle to get these companies back at your event anyway yeah yeah and and that's why like i think you know i was kind of positive about the event whatever i was like oh yeah read pop uh the, you know pax is a big event everybody loves going to pax like that'll work <laughs> you know i just think um, we have to stop looking at e3 now as this place where you get just tons of of game announcements right and and just assume that like okay people are just going to announce things throughout the summer yeah it's not it's more tied of a traditional to convention like you know th- some things will come out yeah. at gamescom um yep packs really there's not really usually that many things at packs comic-con no. there's there's announcements at comic-con but like it's you know it's it's hit or miss yeah. you know you think about like comic-con like okay well now um uh warner brothers does their own thing uh disney That's does their right. own event like That's everything's right. kind of separate out into each each platform holders respective um events and they don't need these big conferences anymore for people to get to, to get people's attention they probably probably honestly get more uh, uh, a higher share of the the news cycle whenever they do their own thing completely yeah. independent of everything else spread it out yeah and you think about like even nintendo like nintendo just dropped a, a direct in like in the second or the first week of february second week of february here and it's like it's it's big news right now but if they dropped this same direct in e3 week it probably would have gotten like the majority of it would have gotten swallowed up by other news you know the the big things would have shown through but like some of the small things that i mentioned there it's like well that's not gonna get like make a make a drop in the bucket here around e3 um and so, like, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. And I also think, like, from a consumer's perspective of, like, hey, a bunch of, like, people can play this game, like, uh, you know, uh, games journalists uh, uh, can play these games and tell us whether or not they're good before they come out and we spend our hard-earned cash on them. Like, even that it was slightly going away because they would do things like a hands-off demo. Like, I think about the demo that uh, for Cyberpunk, before it came out, like literally the E3 before cyberpunk came out, there was an awesome E3 demo about it. Like I remember like watching it and being like, dude, this looks so good. I'm like so amped for this. And then the game comes out and it's in the state that it was in. It, it was like just a buggy mess for the first year until they patched and patched and patched and patched. And 12 months later it's playable. Um, and so, so yeah. So even like the, that purpose for E3 had like kind of fell by the wayside before anything, you know, before it kind of went away too. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's different than it ever was before, but that's not a bad thing it's just i think they have to figure out where is its place like what is it what is it is it just another pax like is it literally just going to be hey this is a a, another pax basically i think it is like i you know i don't know i don't know what what it would be anymore you know yeah yeah that's that's basically what it is now which is fine i mean we just have to have different expectations and this shouldn't shock people like moving forward that these big game companies are not a part of it. Like this is just going to turn into something, something completely different than it was, which is again, which is fine. Uh, you know, I understand how we got here, but we all need to sh- uh, kind of shift our expectations for E3. Yeah. I guess it's just basically like, Hey, you know, this, this will be what it is. And we'll, you know, we'll find out if it can stand on its own, uh, merits this, this year and probably next year, you know, you soon they're probably going to do it, you know, next year as well. I don't know. Maybe they won't. <laughs> Maybe this is the last E3. I mean, I doubt it. I think they'll probably, I mean, 
Reed Pop, I think, knows what they're doing. They'll get people who want to go. Like, again, lots of people go to PAX, and uh, there are zero game announcements coming out of PAX. True, so, true. Like, there's a different... And they've already said this is going to be more consumer-facing than it is industry-facing. And so, um, you know, it, it's just going to be interesting to see what kind of what it morphs into, um, especially since the ESA is such an industry-facing organization, a little different right. than PAX. You know, that that, that is straight-up consumer-facing, but this is a consumer facing now show from a industry facing organization. Right. Right. That's made up of like, you know, like they mentioned in there, like it's uh, lawyers, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, and, and game companies have like the people on the board and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not like a, Hey, let's can, you know, let's talk to the consumers like type of a company. And so I guess like the other side of it is it's does it's not really surprising that like they would, somewhat you know not know how to do a consumer show yet because like it's like well this is an organization that has never you know never done a consumer show so it's always been trade show yep all right well uh that's all we have for you this week we'll be back next week with something else you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com on social at chris right 250 and john right 777 and at Stay in Target Pod, please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.